Hello, and welcome to Samwise. I'm your loyal host, Sam, and I am here to guide you to the oodles of truth bombs hidden in the Lord of the Rings Extended Editions and their special features. This week, I've spent a lot of time thinking about what it means to be angry as a woman. Men's anger gets to be described with modifiers like aggression or passion. Women often get told we're being emotional and that we should calm down when we are angry. But anger, like any emotion, can be a valuable tool, especially for women. Both Eowyn and Arwen get told no a ton in these films by men who tell them it's for their own good. Their anger isn't violent or aggressive, but it's a a sort of bubbling internal storm. Eowyn, a trained shield maiden of Rohan, and the only person holding down the fort when her uncle literally loses his mind to Saruman, gets sidelined at Helm's Deep. Then she's told again at the Battle for Minas Tirith to stay behind. In her anger, she pretends to be a man and goes to fight for what she loves, her people and her life in Rohan. Her passion and anger prove to be her strength when she faces off against the Witch King, saving her uncle while declaring in the coolest moment in the film, I am no man. Her anger is a weapon, and women are no less capable, hell, maybe even more capable, honestly, of wielding it responsibly. Arwen's anger is a little bit quieter. She's mad her father lied to her about a potential child with Aragorn. He stripped her, essentially, of her reproductive agency in the name of safety. But at the end of the day, it's it's her decision to make. Uh, her decision to forsake her immortality, it, it's hers alone. Her anger is quieter, but it's no less present. She's literally demanding a chance to be human, even if her dad sees it as a step down in the world. Being a woman, or hell, anyone who's marginalized, is so anger-inducing on a daily basis. Don't let anyone take that anger from you. It's a gift, especially when you wield it wisely. Our first question today comes from the Samwise email account, sam.wise.ath at gmail.com, and it reads, Hey Sam, I have these two married friends who've recently experienced some significant changes in their relationship that may be irreconcilable. Because they're both my friends, I don't want to take a side. The problem is, the more I talk with both of them, the more it seems like the tough but correct answer is for them to end things. How can I continue to support them and offer advice, but also be honest about the fact that it might be time to call it quits? Thanks. Stuck in the middle. So, I just finished talking about anger, but the other common theme of these stories of Eowyn and Arwen is people meddling in others' emotional decisions. This isn't to say that that's what you're doing, but as your friends share their struggles with you, I don't think it's your job to offer solutions but to offer a listening ear as they sort out their future. Consider the end of Return of the King, the final ending (laughs) of Lake Seven, in which Frodo has grown out of Middle-earth. It's not a judgment, it's not a value judgment on his home or the people he saved, but his life has gone a different way. He can no longer stay with Sam, whose life has settled into the Shire with ease. Parting is really hard for them, but Pippin, Merry, Gandalf, and the elves, they allow these two their sorrow. Frodo also gives Sam a book, a space to write his story and to share what it is he's feeling in this complicated moment. So be like the book. 
Be the space for your friend's stories without value judgments and let your friends work through their sorrow, their very legitimate sorrow as things are changing on their own while making sure they're not alone. Hey, Samwise. Uh, so my wife and I were having a discussion the other day, and it's the dumbest discussion in the world of what's better, Marvel or DC. Uh, and I realized halfway through the argument that this is the stupidest argument ever. And I'm wondering, is there anything in Lord of the Rings that can help us prioritize our arguments so we stop wasting time on arguments that mean nothing? Because, yeah. Thanks, Sam. <laughs> The answer to your question is in the way that you phrase the question. You prioritize. Or, or, and this is from Two Towers and from Return of the King, be like Legolas and Gimli and create a running point system to settle every dumb argument in a way that makes it funny instead of heated. Also, like, as a side note, I just want to say, Thor 3 was a New Zealand-crafted movie that stars both Kate Blanchett and Carl Urban, who are both pretty heavily involved in the Lord of the Rings series, so I'm thinking that Lord of the Rings leans more Marvel. Hope that settles it for you. Hey Samwise, something about the movies has always bothered me. How do you feel about the eagles arriving to save Sam and Frodo in Return of the King? Why couldn't they have just flown to Mordor in the first place? Thank you. So this obviously isn't advice, but there's a ton of wisdom in this moment. So screw it. Let's talk eagles. Obviously, they couldn't just fly the two hobbits carrying the One Ring into Mordor without attracting a ton of attention. Their sky battle wasn't exactly a subtle or uh, conclusive way to getting Frodo safely to this tiny hole in a mountain. So I guess that brings the question, it always does, why include them at all? Well, the whole movie series carries a message of living in harmony with nature. The hobbits do this well in the Shire, which is why Frodo and Sam are ideally suited to carry the ring in the first place. Saruman, a captain of industry, sort of parallel, he's breeding his own army against the law of nature, and he gets killed and defeated by, well, he doesn't get killed, but he gets defeated by angry trees. Gandalf is reborn as an emissary for nature after sort of surviving and defeating an abomination. It's similar to the elves of Lothlorien, who also commune with nature, um, which is why Galadriel is able to turn away the ring. Nature doesn't want the races of Earth to die off, but it does reward those who fight on its behalf and who seek to live in harmony with it. The eagles rewarded Sam and Frodo because they earned it in a big way. They literally saved all of, not just humanity, but uh, they saved the natural order of Middle-earth. So the lesson here is to be good to nature, and it's amazing what the natural world will do to reward us. This next question is actually coming from the R Need Advice subreddit. I'll be pulling from that as I wait on you guys to send in your questions. This time, user MeWeird18 asks, should I dress feminine everywhere? I'm a trans woman still in the closet. I only dress feminine when I'm alone. It is deeply dysphoric to me to still have to present masculine in public. I have to go to school looking mask, have to be around my family looking mask, etc. I'm so sick of the constant dysphoria. Every time I see a woman, I get dysphoric. I want to be able to be feminine everywhere. But should I, since I don't pass? Should I go to school, am I a high school senior, in a dress? Or should I just learn to live with the dysphoria? 
Now, the reason I picked this question is because this November 6th election could really determine the future for a lot of trans people. And it could determine how seriously we as a society take them and their civil rights. Gender dysphoria is a super tough subject and it's not something to be taken lightly. Um, It's something that a lot of people are afraid of, but I think um, it's actually pretty easy to understand. And this question is far more complicated than any movie, but I think that stories help us figure out how to understand things that are new to us. And in this case, the story of Aragorn has many parallels to this woman's story. He's a person with elven blood, he's the rightful heir to the throne of Gondor, and while Aragorn knows and can feel this part of him pulling him to be better, he lives in fear as a ranger. Outing himself would put a target on his back and it would cause a ton of political strife. He has to constantly weigh the cost of being himself against the cost of his personal safety and the safety of those he loves. However, he doesn't pick the safest time to reveal his identity and take up the sword that was broken and now reforged. He chooses the time that is most risky to him, but it's also a time when being himself is a bold and beautiful statement that would strike fear into those who would oppose him. This Redditor is young. She's only a senior in high school. She doesn't give many details about whether or not her health and safety are at risk if she comes out or presents according to her her gender identity, but she does say that she's tired of the dysphoria. She's tired of not getting to be herself. If it's safe to do so, if she doesn't risk losing her home or access to education and basic necessities, by coming out as herself and, and confidently owning the truth of who she is, she can fight off any negativity about her ability to pass with boldness in the same way that Aragorn did. I I think that's not going to stop the bullying, but I think by being honest with herself, it'll give her a new form of strength. Our true selves are our own little lights of Arendel, and they can combat a multitude of darknesses. But this is a huge caveat. If her safety is at risk, if her future is at risk, there's no shame in waiting like Aragorn did. And keeping that light carefully stowed away and biding her time until she's in a place where her femininity will be accepted. Aragorn was still an effective leader and a good person when he was quote-unquote just a ranger. She can still be a good person while struggling with this dysphoria. She can grow and, and learn and get in touch with herself in other ways until it's safe to let people know who she is. I hope this person can find her peace and her truth, and I hope that we can all as a society be better at creating environments where people like this woman can be their truest and their best selves. This next question comes from the Google Voice text message line, and it reads, Why are mothers too afraid to leave their children overnight? Hmm. Well, In The Two Towers, a woman in a small village in Rohan puts her children on a horse toward the city as their village is being overtaken by the heretofore unknown and unseen Urukai. Although she is safely reunited with them, the whole city is then evacuated to Helm's Deep. A massive fighting force of thousands descends upon the keep, and she's shuffled into a cave that is virtually inescapable with her daughter while her son is conscripted into service. My point is, life is unpredictable in the worst way. It's scary enough to care for yourself, but parents are also responsible for their children as well. While Urukai aren't real, some of what is real in this world is just as terrifying. So that might seem kind of silly and and, um, 
I don't know, a little like uh, worrisome for non-parents, uh, we can, we as non-parents can help our friends who are parents by being patient with them as they navigate parenthood and the dangers that kind of come with it. That brings us to the end of yet another episode. This is our fifth episode, which puts us in our own independent feed, separate from After the Hype for the first time ever. So please rate and review us on iTunes. I would really appreciate it. We are also going to be kind of sharing the feed with After the Hype for a few more episodes. There's going to be a little bit of uh, concurrent posting happening. So listen to After the Hype every Thursday at 10 a.m. I also guest host on a few episodes. After the Hype is also home to Venture Bros, a Venture Brothers podcast, which airs every Monday. And you can visit athpod.com for articles. Also follow us on social media. Our Facebook page is full of great stuff. And you can also check us out on Instagram at athpodcast. I'm on Instagram at sammyjane613. And my wonderful St. Bernard Lottie, whose life is far more interesting than mine, she is also on Instagram at saint underscore Lottie. Feel free to check those out, and please continue to send me your questions. I need them. I want them. I love them. I love sharing the wisdom of the Lord of the Rings with you. You can email sam.wise.ath at gmail.com or call the Google Voice line at 608-561-2755. That's all going to be listed in the show notes, so please check that out. I really want to hear from you. Also, feel free to share with me if you disagree with any advice or feel like there's something in the movies that I was totally overlooking. I I just want to hear from you. I love you guys and I look so forward to continuing this and to hearing more from you in these next weeks. Bye!